Oh, go on then. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so, guys, if you're wondering what that was, uh, that was Greg doing his best IT crowd impression of the clown laugh where um, a guy is very disappointed and he's lost very badly and Greg has beat me this game week by 13 points and he's been giving it non-stop big one for the last 24 hours. So um, go on then, Greg. Talk us through your game week. Well, yeah, it was a decent game week. I'm glad to say I beat you. It's a bit of revenge for the last few months where I've had to deal with, oh, top 1K, top 1K. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I was bulletproof. <laughs> so I think um big one for me was Salah, 20-pointer. He wasn't my captain, but the fact that I had him on my team really helped me um, push ahead of Steve, who didn't go with Salah this game week. Yeah, well, the two words that sum up my game week is no Salah. Like... Uh... That was obviously a bad one. Um, not captaining. Well, I was happy that Bamyang returned as captain, but I had no Salah at all. And um, yeah, I wasn't expecting the Liverpool defence double up to let three in, so it didn't quite work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I was um, I was away for my girlfriend's birthday, and we were out for dinner. And um, anyway, it was a lovely evening. Look at there, I've just had a lovely fish and chips, little brownie with custard, perfect. And uh, anyway, we just got out of the restaurant and I look at my phone and my girlfriend looks at me and she goes, what's wrong? We've had such a nice evening. I go, fucking Salah's got that. <laughs> <laughs> and, then what I re- and then what made it even worse was I realised that she made a team 10 minutes before the, the deadline where she literally thought about it by picking the best names. And Salah was a captain. <laughs> so not only have you beat me by 13 points, she's beat me by 33 points. She's an, had an absolute stormer. Yeah, so not only is my household absolutely buzzing, they've beaten me, but my mum and dad's household, where Greg is, is absolutely buzzing too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Got enemies all around. Yeah, I'm just lucky. I'm just happy the cat didn't make a team or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, so all in all, uh, very much needed a bit of an improvement this game week. And uh, I've done the cardinal sin, Greg. What have you done? What have you done? I've only played the big WC. I've I've literally looked in my back pocket and saw saw that wild card sitting there. And I thought, ah, that's coming out my wallet straight away. Slap it on the table. So, um yeah, I'm actually regretting it a little bit. But one thing, what I do think I'm really going to benefit from is the reason I'm wildcarding mostly is because I wasn't happy with the structure on my side. I felt like I was too strong at the back and I had only two premium midfielders and my midfield was really weak. Um, yeah. And it made me quite, it wasn't a lot of flexibility in my side. So. A lot of you are probably listening now and going, oh, I can't believe he's played it already. And to be honest, Greg's been saying that to me for the last 24 hours. But just to give you an, an inkling of what I can benefit from is Bruno, KDB, Calvert-Lewin and Justin are all expected to go up in price tonight. Yeah. With TAA, Werner, looking like they could possibly drop in value. 
So what I'm looking to do is to take Werner out and TAA, let that drop by 0.1, bring in Bruno and KDB, so make sure that I get that um, get them in before that price rise, and then I'm going to bring in TAA and Werner back in, and already I'm 0.2 up. So that could come in handy over the next couple of weeks with price rises. So it's a very simple move, but very beneficial quite early on. So um, that's going to be really helpful. Um, I think it's absolutely bonkers that people are getting rid of Werner. Like there's nearly 200,000 people have got rid of the German already. He got an assist last night and he, he's got a dead leg. Like he's got, he's got like a bruise on his knee and all of a sudden 200,000 are thinking, oh, bloody hell, he ain't going to make it. Of course he's going to make it. I saw his post-match after the game yesterday. He li- they literally asked him, is he going to make it for the next game? And he said, yes. Yeah, yeah, that really- 200,000 FBL managers heard, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Imagine if he did say no. <laughs> Imagine what Lampard would have been thinking. <laughs> Jeff Shrees, oh, Timo, what do you think? Are you going to make the next game? Nah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Don't really yeah, want to. Probably not. <laughs> don't know if you saw that but that was a pretty big knock I took there look at that, look at that fucking bruise <laughs> so um, very much yeah so I think I can make a little bit of uh, money in terms of price value over the next 24 hours before and also moving forward into the end of the game week because I just think there's going to be quite a lot of chopping and changing I think a lot of people are playing the wild card already and um, there's going to be quite a lot of movement there and also another thing which's really encouraging about the wildcard for me is I think there's a little bit of an opportunity because I had a poor first game week as I've just said. But so the live K- the, the live ownership of KDB is 29%, Greg. Yeah. Sterling's 4%. Yeah. Aguero's 4%. Bruno's 20% and Rashford's 5%. Now, these are assets where everyone will want. They're all very high scoring, KDB and Bruno specifically, there's a real chance to make some early gains there with people waiting a couple of weeks to bring them in. So I think there's a little bit of an opportunity there. Yeah. No, for sure. I think um, I think in terms of general of your wild card, I think maybe lost your bottle a little bit, but I can definitely see where the benefits come in as well. Like I think... Um, Oh no, I've definitely bottled it. <laughs> no, I definitely think um, there will be price rises and we know the sort of players that will get price rises already because it's like the KDB, etc. So um, there's a chance for you to get ahead of the curve, I think. The only thing I'd say is I looked at my team and I thought, why the fuck have I got Eric Dyer? <laughs> <laughs> I literally just watched him and I was just like, this guy's getting done in the air by Calvert-Lewin. He's, abs- he's actually useless. Why am I paying five mil for him? And then I looked at, again at my side and I thought, I've got a Southampton triple up here and they're getting done over by Palace. So I just I looked at it and I thought, I've got too many players from, from poor teams in here. So yeah, it needed to go. But um, Southampton looked really shaky. I know we've got, we're going to go through the fixtures soon, but um, they looked really shaky. Yeah. So from your point of view, Greg, so... Is there who are you looking at moving out, or are you going to save the? Are you going to save the transfer? So I do have Danny Ings up front currently. I had him for game week one. My plan all along was to move him out for Martial, 
Um, because Martial coming in, he'll definitely start up front, I'm sure, against Crystal Palace. Unless there's some sort of injury beforehand, hopefully not, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I did think about doing that before game week one and still after game week one, I'm still planning to do that as my one transfer. Yeah, well, you want to keep a quick, uh, an eye on those price those price rises because I know Martial is high on that list too. So just to have a quick, uh, quick eye on that one, make sure that you don't get priced out of it. Yeah, that's one I'm going to watch out for. I don't want to get priced out on. But one thing, um, this might be a bit of advice, is uh, a lot of teams have uh, cup fixtures this week and Europa League fixtures this week. Yeah. There might be, who knows, there could be injuries to some of your players. So be careful with your transfers. You might need them before the end of the week. Yeah, completely agree with that, guys. Make sure you keep an eye on those press conferences right at the end of the week before you make those transfers. Um, So... First, we're going to do our first shout-out of the season, Greg, for Game Week 1. So, obviously, we um, launched the FPL Context Podcast League, uh, mini-league, just before the season started. So, our best, our number one manager for this week, Greg, is Shadrach Overcar. Apologies if I've said that wrong. With FC Bryn. And he got 99 points. Incredible. He triple captained Salah, which is an unbelievable early move, and it's really paid off for him. Sixty points. Yeah, he's had an absolutely amazing uh, game week. Congratulations, um, triple captain Salah! It's an absolute masterstroke. Twenty point haul. Um, yeah, yeah, so solid. And I think what's even more impressive is in second place we've got Ali M with the, the team name Thirty K. He's got ninety five points, Greg, and he didn't captain Salah. Wow. He got 15 points from Sice, 14 points from James, 9 points from Justin, 7 points from Van Dyke. His defence is an absolute stormer. That is incredible. So um, it shows that going if you get the right ones in defence, it can really pay off. That must be up there as like one of the highest scores from a defence I've seen. That is incredible. Yeah, what's annoying was... um, I had a 4.5 and Carl Walker-Peters went the wrong way for me. Uh, and then you look at Justin, you look at Lamptey, both um, getting assists. And then you look at um, Dyer, the five mil- midfielder, thinking Spurs are going to be strong this year. Absolutely useless. And then you've got the likes of James and Sice looking absolutely brilliant picks at that price range. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely two to look out for now. I mean, both both of them very attacking. Um especially uh, Sice, I thought some of the, uh, the the runs he was making, I know when he hit the post, he was playing like a striker for a brief second. So um, he's one definitely on my radar. Yeah. And then some wah, wah, wah performers at the bottom. We've got Gareth Barry Manilow is his team name. That's not his actual name. And um, his actual name is Aji Mayeng. And he got 21 points, Greg. But... He has De Bruyne, Fernandez, and Greenwood on the bench. Yeah, I think so, um, he's, 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 a he's clearly um, he struggled a lot this game week, but um, it seems like from his bench, he's definitely gone for the long-term strategy. So I guess like he can definitely take that as a consolation, can't he? Yeah, and then me and Greg have had a good laugh about this one. So our other brother, um, we've got one more brother, and his name is John, and uh, he's <laughs> he's literally finished second from bottom with unbiased FC 
and he's had an absolute mare and we've been ripping into him constantly for the last 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess it makes you happy, like someone in the family's done worse, but uh, he, um, he has had a shocker. He's had an absolute shocker. So he had, he had five midfielders and two strikers and he only got one attack in return from any of those players. So shows shows he didn't quite get it right. I know uh, he had he had Mane over Salah, which is an absolute killer. Yeah, and he had Pulisic and Ali. Ali got dragged off at halftime. But um, so let's move on to the actual games then. So first, let's start off with Fulham Arsenal. So we both captained the Bamiang. Was happy to see him put put one away. Uh, great finish. Um, William got three assists though, Greg. Yeah, I mean, William, what a debut. Uh, three assists. He looked very um, creative, very positive. Uh, he's taken all the free kicks, as far as I saw. Um, definitely, like, you can ask for a better start for him. So, uh, can you believe that he's got a price rise already? Like, if you look at Arsenal's fixtures after West Ham, they're not good. And let's be honest, William's not good. It's like, let's be honest, Fulham are absolutely awful. Yeah, I mean, after that performance, William is still not on my radar. I don't think he's someone I'm that intrigued by, but he's definitely caught my eye a little bit. I mean, three assists, there's nothing to be snuffed at first game. Um, also taking set pieces, that's another big positive of his. I think um, he's one to watch, but for me, I think people who have brought him in already, is that's quite a reactionary move. I think against Fulham, who are newly promoted, uh, they didn't look very good defensively, to be honest. They didn't look very good in general, if I'm completely honest. Um, I think um, that's definitely one to watch rather than bring him in already. Yeah. And if that, if, if someone said to me, pick a team to go down, like right now, it, your life depends on it. I'll say Fulham, because I think that watching the games, they were by far the worst team I saw over the weekend. Um, yeah. And, but one thing I would say for Willian is I think he definitely makes a Bamiyang a better option. I feel like Bamiyang is going to get a lot more chances with him. Um, and his finishing is just top, top level and he's just signed a contract. So congratulations to Arsenal fans. A few, um, a few other points I'd like to make about Arsenal. I think um, in terms of Bamiyang, he, in the first half, I thought he played quite deep. He definitely plays on the left wing slash left mid rather than like fully up front, especially when Arsenal was still nil-nil. Once yeah. opened up a bit and the floodgates seemed to ride in, that's when Aubameyang was really trying to get forward a bit more. Um, less track and back, because he did quite a bit of track and back in the first half. Um, yeah. I think maybe you can take that with a pinch of salt, because he's a very fast player. He can get up and down the pitch anyway. But um, I don't know. Would be a bit wide for you? I thought in the first half he was a bit... To be honest, until he scored, I was like, I'm not a fan of this. Um, yeah. But... Once he's scored, it kind of changes your outlook. It's a bit like, oh, like he's clearly doing well. Um, and he did have a couple more chances after that. He could have scored a hat-trick if he was completely clinical. Um, still happy with his one goal. But I think overall, uh, definitely going to still have him against West Ham next week. But the way how wide he's playing, he's one to watch when you've got players like De Bruyne who are just behind him. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um... A lot of people are going to be making that game week three move of him to De Bruyne. Uh, I can see that for sure. Another one of the new boys is Gabriel. Now he scored. You've got bonus points. You've got a clean sheet. So he basically had the absolute perfect debut in terms of an Arsenal player and an FPO asset. What did you make of him? 
I thought he looked solid. I think um, there was a bit, a little bit, a shaky moment in the first half, if I remember very early on. But after that, he looked very solid. He looked um, exactly what Arsenal needed in a good centre-back. He looked dangerous from the corners. Um, I mean, great attack. It's great returns, isn't it, for a defender? You've got to be happy with that. Yeah, and I think the thing is that people need to calm down a little bit. Like, I thought he did play well. But I've seen people compare him to Laporte. And people have got to be... People have got to be honest here. Mitrovic didn't start. Fulham are absolutely dreadful. Like I reckon, I could have played centre back for Fulham, no, for for Arsenal. Sorry, and we kept a clean sheet because they just offer nothing. There's no there's no penetration there. Yes, they can pass the ball around the back and they can pass it around the midfield, but there's no penetration at all. So we'll see. I know Arsenal looked really good in the Community Shield and they done well in the FA Cup. But let's see where that defence really is at when they play Liverpool game week three. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think Fulham um, did look poor, but I would say in terms of Gabriel, you can only really play who's in front of you. And at the end of the day, Fulham are a Premier League team. So he has had a great start. But yeah. I, do, I do agree that um, maybe watch him against tougher opposition and see how, see how it turns out. But um, another player maybe is Lacazette. He didn't look too unsettled when he was no, playing. Not Lacazette. I think I, I've the never been, Charlie Austin. I mean, I've never been. I don't know if he plays up front every week. Um, who knows? Yeah, I mean, he didn't look too unsettled for me. He looked like he was probably going to play more. Got a goal. Maybe one to put on the watch list. To be honest, the only person who have him on the watch list is Stevie Wonder. Because- <laughs> There's no chance in hell Lacazette's getting picked because how much is he? Let's have a look, Quilly. Lacazette, he's he's 8.5, so he's the same as um, Jimenez. There's no way he's getting picked. He's 0.5 cheaper than Marshall. You can you can give it to me in a couple of weeks when he starts banging when he's banging them in constantly, but Lacazette, no, no, he's in the bin. Yeah, I just I thought I'd throw it out there. We'll see what happens with that one. Yeah, no, thanks for throwing it out there, but I've caught it and I've thrown it in the fucking bin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, any Fulham assets you're thinking about? Um, no, <laughs> not right. at all. <laughs> yeah. If I'm being completely honest, um, I don't know, maybe if I completely give up with FPL halfway through the season and my team's had an absolute nightmare, I, I might just do it for banter and put one of the Fulham players in. Yeah, but, no, I, I do agree. I don't think there's any Fulham options I'm thinking about at the moment. I think um, just not didn't see much from them in that game. No. All right, so moving on to Palace Southampton now. I was to admit, I was really surprised by this. Um, Southampton looked great post-lockdown, um, but they were really poor and Palace looked... Like their resilient best, they looked really good at the back. Counter attacking threat, Roy Hodgson. He just, he's just, I don't know. He's just, he's like this old, old. Well, he's old, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's just always seems to be there. He's like that person where you're at a party and there's a guy sat in the corner. And he's just always there. You're just like. Does anyone know who that guy actually is? Yeah, he just comes round here sometimes. Oh, fair enough. His name's Roy. But yeah, he's um he's he's done it again. One nil. 
Zahar with a goal. I've got to admit, I was really disappointed with Southampton. I said they had the triple up. They looked really poor at the back for me. And considering this is a Palace side, which for me doesn't have too much attacking threat. They've got Ayo up front, which says most of it. And Benteke on the bench. That, doesn't, that really says it all. Um, so I'm really not happy with having Southampton defensive assets, to be honest. Um, what did you make of the game? So, yeah, I think um, Palace were quite impressive. I thought they were really solid. They didn't look... They were in too much trouble at any point in the game. I think um, they counter-attacked well. Um, I thought it was interesting, the full-back positions of the Southampton um, players. Both their full-backs played really high, especially Cole Walker-Peters. I thought he was playing really high. Mm. And I know um, there was a chance in the first half where it fell to Zaha and he didn't take it. But it was like a warning sign. like It was where Walker-Peters may have been if he was playing as a defensive full-back. And he just and there was no one really to mark Zaha. He got a chance, and then Zaha got a second chance, and he scored it. It was almost like they didn't take the warning, and Zaha punished them for it. I think um, Southampton really uh, did not impress me defensively. I thought the fullbacks were too high, <laughs> and because um, it's a balancing act, isn't it? You always get people on fantasies like fantasy managers saying, "Oh, look how high the wing back is! Like they're they're going to get lots of assists." But there's the other side of the coin always where yeah, he's high, but they're so exposed defensively, their main points is coming from clean sheets. And if they're playing that high, then a lot of your point scoring ability is going to be diminished because the assets just completely leaving the centre-backs exposed. So it's kind of a balancing act, isn't it, between those two. Another one is like Doherty. Like Doherty was playing incredibly high and then out of Erod was getting isolated by Richarlison. So it's that balancing act of when you're looking for fullbacks, yes, you want them to be high, but defensively, are they solid? Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think if you have Kyle Walker-Peters as an option, you um, definitely have the benefit of him playing high. I mean, he did a good cross into Ings right at the end. Ings almost scored. Um, but I do think if it continues like that, Southampton may suffer defensively at times. Yeah. Um I thought Mitchell played really well. He looked really good on his debut. Um, definitely happy that he's on my bench. Um, so I'm a bit, I'm a bit unhappy he didn't come on. I could have done with Eric Dyer pulling a hamstring and training. But um, yeah, I think he looks a good asset just as bench fodder. I know you had him in your side, so he's definitely one to keep an eye on. And obviously Ferguson when he comes back. So I think defensively, Palace look a good a good team to target this year again. Yeah, no, I was definitely happy with Palace defensively. thought they were generally solid. Yeah, in terms of Mitchell, I thought he had a good game. thought he was very solid in left back. Um, yeah, I'm definitely happy to have him on my side. So there was a lot of talk about Shay Adams. Yeah. Um, he didn't, he didn't, he looked about as good as Ings to me. Uh, there wasn't much between them, but if they're struggling against that Palace side, I'm not too sure about him as an asset moving forward when there's people like Wilson close to him in price and also Calvert-Lewin only a mil more. I think um, I think they're much better options, to be honest. Yeah, I, I thought Chalham definitely could have got a goal on a different day. I think similar to you, I thought him and Ings were around the same level. But with that performance against Palace, it really doesn't worry me in terms of trying to get him in. Um, I think, I mean, they blanked against Palace. So, yeah. Yeah, well, let's go on to the game of the weekend then. Liverpool leads now. 
I absolutely love Bielsa. I just love the guy. He's just sat on sat on his little bucket with his notepad, drunk his coffee. Just couldn't give a shit that he's absolutely <laughs> literally just absolutely love him. Um and they played absolutely brilliant. They were always a threat. His man marking strategy is so new and something I've not really seen in the league before. It's maybe leaves him a little bit open, but if we're being honest, Liverpool won that game because they got two penalties and scored from a corner. So, um, yeah, I was really impressed with Leeds and um, Ailing is currently in my wildcard side because I think he looked, I think he looks a really good, a really good player, and I think there's a lot of um, potential there, not defensively, just defensively for Leeds, but also attacking wise just because if you look at Leeds' defensive stats last year they were brilliant I know Ben White's missing and uh, I think now against the lesser sides they're gonna they just look like a, a good side but I know you were really interested in 5.5 midfielders at Leeds yeah I'm so I'll, we can talk about Leeds first there's a lot of options at Leeds I think that I've got my eye on now so firstly click 5.5 midfielder I thought he looked really strong obviously got a great goal um played quite forward in the central position um, he's definitely one on my watch list now. I think in terms of 5.5 mil mids, he's one of the best value. Yeah. Um, I think Harrison's another one. Also got a goal. Um, 5.5 mil mid. I think he looked strong again. Um, they looked very um, they looked very dangerous in their attack against a strong Liverpool side. Liverpool didn't look the best defensively, if we're honest. Van Dijk made a big error for Bamford's goal. Um, so maybe reading into a bit much about them playing Liverpool. But... Um, I do think they look dangerous on the attack. So click Harrison, two options I'm looking at. Another two options is Ailing and Dallas, the 4.5 mil fullbacks. Um, I definitely like the look of both of them. I think Ailing maybe edges it for me, even though Dallas was the one to get attacking returns in this game. Um, I think they both, they both, they're both capable of getting attacking returns. And I think Leeds against lesser size will be more solid defensively. So a lot of options. Yeah, and I think Bamford, obviously he's gone up in price today. Um, interesting one that I just I don't really see that. I know people are looking for value, but Rodrigo's on the bench. He's surely going to take his spot. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me that. Yeah, I think the only reason it doesn't make sense to me is because of Rodrigo, but I think it is a big reason. I think Rodrigo will take Bamford's spot um, in time, I think. If it wasn't for Rodrigo Bamford, be got good option, 5.5 mil mid, Leeds look good attacking-wise, but with Rodrigo probably coming in, I can't see why you'd bring in to get Bamford. It's just too risky for me. Yeah, I'm just, I'm desperate to see at some stage this season, just be able to point at his defence and go, you, 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 and then he, he and then he's, he, no one's listening, and he goes, cock, you cock. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know, guys, the centre-back of Leeds is called cock. Yeah. It was cracking up Martin Tyler the whole way through the game. But, yeah. And then let's move on to Liverpool. So but Salah, obviously the main talking point. I think the big thing that stands out for me is penalty takers look like they're going to be essential this year. And the fact that he that Milner's not going to be getting any time on the pitch by the look of it. Salah, he nearly becomes essential, doesn't he? Yeah, I think after watching that game, it makes me really happy I've got Salah. I think he's a great option now. Penalty taker. Um, definitely I think it will have a big impact um, with Milner not playing you can pretty much guarantee Salah's going to take all the penalties I think even without the penalties 
um, take it away. I know Salah only got one goal outside of that. Great goal, by the way. I think he still looks very, very dangerous. I think um, he, I think he'll be a very good option. And then, obviously, Van Dyke scored from the corner. He had a goal that's allowed too. He's a he's a massive threat from corners, isn't he? I just I love the technique he uses when he goes from corner. It seems so easy for him to score a header from a corner the way he runs up to it. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, it'll be a huge attacking threat from corners. Um, he'll get goals this season. I don't know how many, but he'll score from corners for sure. Uh, it's interesting when he scores from corners because if he scored from a corner, you can pretty much guarantee that one of the fullbacks has got the assist. Yeah, yeah, because they're always taking the set piece, aren't they? Yeah. Um, you a bit disappointed in Trent? Yeah, um, I can't lie. I thought he was really poor. I thought Robbo looked a lot better than him. But saying that, that hasn't deterred me away from him. I just think in this game, he wasn't at his best. He came off um, as a sub. Maybe he was not fully fit. I'm not sure. Well, I find it bonkers that it looks like there's a good chance that he could drop in value. Um, this week, like I said, they'll can target him again when he goes might go down by 0.1, especially when he was... Con- well, everyone said he was the most essential pick for the FBL sides this season. And all of a sudden, thousands of managers are getting rid. So, shows the knee-jerk what happens after game week one. It's funny, every game week one we see this. But, yeah, it seems to have gone happened really hard, especially on Trent and Mane. Mane, they got four goals and he only got two points, Greg. So, Mane has really got burnt. Yeah, um, people who brought in Mane instead of Salah will really be not enjoying watching that game. I don't think... Um, we should necessarily be too disappointed. I think Mane will get a lot of goals this year, but I think with Salah the same price as Mane and Salah on penalties, I can't see why you'd go Mane over Salah. Yeah, I think Mane's dead as an asset now. Unless Salah gets injured, you just got to have Salah for the penalty taking. I think with VAR and the way it is, I just think penalty takers are essential. So I think it's a no-brainer now. I think Mane's ownership is going to drop quite significantly. Yeah. And like one more note on Trent and Robertson. Um, one thing that worried me a little bit at the end of the game was Robertson was taking corners on both sides. I'm not yeah. sure if this was because Trent was tired. He went out in the best game. Robbo was having a good game. I'm not sure what it was, but we, that's something to look at. If Trent, if, if Robbo starts taking corners from both sides, that probably decreases um, Trent's value, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree for sure. Um, that's one to keep an eye on. If Robertson's taken all the left side set pieces, then Trent's significance does drop and Robertson may even become a better option. People need to remember also that Robbo did get more points than Trent, not last season, but the season before. So it is close between those two. Yeah. Um, So anyway, let's move on to West Ham, Newcastle. Now, this game nearly put me to sleep. Uh, As a United fan, David Moyes used to try, try and put me to sleep as much as he could. But this was um, this was a difficult watch. Uh, is there anything positive to say about West Ham, Greg? No, I don't think so. I think um, this is their easiest game for the next six games or so. They've just got harder fixtures coming up and they looked really poor against Newcastle. Newcastle dominated the game. Um, I don't really know what to say about West Ham. But don't get me wrong, yeah. Jeff Hendrick and Callum Wilson are decent signings for Newcastle, but when you've got West Ham making it look like Suarez and Messi, it's a bit, a bit fucking embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, um, and that's the real fear, really, because obviously they've got Arsenal, and if you're an Aubameyang owner, you're licking your lips, and you're really there's no reason not to captain him because 
West Brom looking absolute disarray to me, especially with Noble making the comments about Zingana's move. It just all seems to be falling apart a bit there. And with that fixture list they've got, it's really difficult to see how they're not going to be bottom by by the end of it. Yeah, no, I do agree. I think if you're looking at West Ham options, maybe the only one I'd potentially consider is Sushek, 5 mil. Yeah. He looked like he could score a header here and there. He did. Uh, but outside of that, I don't think any West Ham options are that appealing. No, no, I'd agree with that. Um, so looking at Newcastle, Callum Wilson got a goal on his debut. He looked good, didn't he? He looked lively, 6.5. He looked like the Callum Wilson of the season before last. He looked really good. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I thought Wilson had a great game. I thought um, he showed great pace at times. Um, he showed great hunger to get goals. Uh, I think 6.5 mil, definitely one to watch. Yeah, so I had St. Maximum, and I know a lot of his ownership was high before the game, and at 5.5, you can't expect too much. But I'm really not happy with him as a pick now I've watched it because I feel like he's the ball carrier and he's an unbelievable dribbling ability, but I feel he's the ball carrier to get it to the likes of Almiron, to get it to the likes of Wilson, Carroll, people who can make that final, final telling decision at the end. And... Um, and even the likes of Hendrick. And I think um, St. Maximum is just going to be that guy who looks brilliant but doesn't really achieve that much in terms of fantasy assets. So I'm really keen to... Uh, well, he won't be in my next... He won't be in my wildcard side. Uh, I don't know what you feel about him. Yeah, um, I would agree. I think he wasn't in an attacking enough position for me. I thought he was playing quite deep and quite wide a lot of the time. Um, I think... Kind of as you say, he, he's got lots of skills. It's very, very fun to watch at times, but I don't really see, especially in that game, him really picking up any um, fantasy points. I didn't really think at any point he was going to get a goal or an assist, to be honest. Um, yeah, not too convinced. So with Lascelles and um, Lewis, both at 4.5, Newcastle's defence looked looked really looked good, but West Ham made it look good. Uh, they've got good fixtures coming up. Would you suggest people look at the likes of Lascelles and Lewis? Yeah, I think they could be potential options, but I also think maybe hold off. I think there could be better options elsewhere. And I think you want to see Newcastle against better sides than West Ham. Yeah. All right, so then we'll move on to the Sunday games. We've got West Brom, Leicester, and Leicester won 3 now. Um, West Brom are rubbish, aren't they? They were they were really poor, in my opinion. It really showed in the second half, especially. Uh, they just they just don't look like they've got anything going forward. They've got Robinson up front, and they they just don't look like they're going to score. Um, I think that's anyone playing West Brom. You want to target the defence. So yeah, if you've got any Everton defenders this week, you're going to be very happy to play against them because I just can't see any threat from them. Um, People will be, be, will be reminding me of this when fucking West Brom put two past Everton this weekend. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I, think, I, I really think that you, if you you want to target West Brom as a team to play your defenders against. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think the only option from West Brom I'd potentially consider is Pereira. I thought he did look quite lively, in my opinion, but I think he's surrounded by a very poor West Brom team. So I think that would limit him immediately. Yeah, and 
what infuriates me is the fact Vardy somehow got two goals and three bonus. Like he was absolutely awful. He didn't look good at all. He was sluggish. His touch wasn't great. Like he just not really. He just didn't look like he was going to score. And then all of a sudden, these two magical penalties. And it shows how key penalties are this season. You need penalty takers because with VAR, there's going to be more and more penalties again. And that's what. That's why Bruno is such an incredible option. Like 10.5 and a premium midfielder who goes for everything. Those penalty takers, they're absolute gold dust. And Vardy played terrible and he somehow come out as the top point scoring uh, forward this weekend. So it says it all. Yeah, I mean... um. I'm pretty sure I saw um, up until his second penalty, he'd only had two bo- two touches in the box and they were both the penalty. So, really? um, so um, as you say, I didn't really see much of him for, except for that. But, I mean, how can you say he's not a good option when he scored two goals? I mean, it, it does show how good the penalty-taking option is. Yeah. Um, so, other players, I thought Castagna looked decent. He got the goal. Great header. Uh, yeah. Got forward a lot. Yeah, I think... Um... Just quickly, a tip for people who are wildcarding. What I'd do is I'd look on, I'd look and research who are the penalty takers for each side, and make sure you get as many of them as possible. Who you really, who you want in your start, in your side, because they're absolutely, they're absolute gold dust. Especially if De Bruyne's the penalty taker at City, he's gold dust. Bruno, gold dust. Abamyang, penalty taker, gold dust. Salah, gold dust. I know you can't get all these players in, but those. When you look at comparisons, penalty taking ability should be high on your agenda for sure. Yeah, fully agree. Um, yeah, Castagna, like you said, you got a goal. You looked good, five point five. I think it's a bit much um, for me, but still, he looked good. Um, James Justin was obviously a very popular pick. He looks like he's actually going to go up in price. I actually thought he had a poor game. Um, he got a yellow card of a rash tackle. Defensively, he wasn't great. Uh, it's just a matter of time before Pereira comes and takes his position. But would you advocate people bringing him in? I think the only thing I'd watch out for if you're planning on bringing Justin in is the fact that Pereira will probably come in and take his spot. I think I do agree Justin was poor um, against West Brom. I don't think it was a great game from him, but... In terms of an FPL, I thought it was a good game because he got the assist. And I remember he had a few chances where he put someone through. And I think Barnes was one of them. He almost scored. So he could have had more assists. Um, in terms of FPL points, he could have got more than what he did. And he got, I think, nine. So uh, in terms of in terms of an FPL option, 4.5 mil, I would consider it if it wasn't for Pereira coming in. Yeah. And then, so you got Spurs, Everton. Now Jose looks in real trouble here. Spurs just gave up in that second half and Everton looked far superior on the ball. Um, I'm not going to concentrate too much on Spurs because I'm so disappointed in their defence. Like, I'm absolutely gutted that I picked Dyer because I just don't know what I was thinking. Uh, Kane didn't. Kane barely had a shot. I don't think he did have a shot. I can't remember it. Uh, Dot, um, sorry. Uh, Son, obviously, he didn't look particularly great. Didn't look like he was going to score. He had a couple of nice breaks, but still quite poor. And then you had Deli Ali getting pulled off at half time. So really, Spurs attacking assets just looked like a no go, really for me. Yeah, I think um, Ali only has got to be uh, worried now. I mean, getting taken off at half time—that's not a good sign. 
Uh, I thought, that, yeah, they didn't look like, um, didn't really look like they were ever going to get many goals against Everton in the game at any point. Everton looked pretty dominant. Um, Kane, yeah, I didn't, don't really remember him having a chance. I think um, Son, I don't think he was great, but I wouldn't, um, for Son, I wouldn't think about getting him out just yet because I think they play Southampton next and with the position of Carl Walker-Peters, Son could get quite a bit of joy on that side. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, in terms of their defensive assets, it's hard to know really. I don't I don't really see uh, the value for money there when you've got other players uh, like Sace for Wolves, players like that. Yeah, I think one thing I'd say, um, Kane owners... Watch out for Pep's press conferences because if he comes out and says that Aguero's fit, then you, that's an easy change from Kane to Aguero. And Aguero is so lowly owned, you can make big gains there. So keep an eye on that if, as a possible transfer. Everton looked great. Um, I think it was the first time they beat a top six side in a very long time. Uh, for me, the three big picks were, I thought Dinia looked fantastic. You got a clean sheet and assist. He looked like the Dinya the season before last. Yeah. Great asset. Calvert Lewin looked good. Um, strong in the air, great hold up play. Bullet header. He's obviously going to get more and more service this season with Hammers behind him. And then Hammers had a great debut. And if he's on penalties, then he'll be a great asset at seven seven point five. Like which one of the which one of those three did you like the most? Um, I was impressed with all three of them. I think Digne, uh, I think maybe impressed me the most. I think got the clean sheet, got the assist, got the three bonus points. Um, very solid game. Um, as you say, you look like the Digne of last season. And I think it's a good Digne and a good Everton side this year. So he'll be um, he'll be getting a lot of points. I think um, saying that, Calvert-Lewin, great option, seven mil forward. I think he'll get goals. He's got a lot of creative talent behind him now with Hammers. Um and Hamez, I think with Hamez, it'd be interesting to see if he takes penalties. If he does take penalties, then definitely one to consider. Yeah, yeah. He's high on the watch list. I've got Calvert-Lewin. I'm very happy with him. Um, but yeah, he's high on the watch list, Hamez. Uh, then we move to Monday. We've got Sheffield United, Wolves. Now, Ramsdale looked, I fear for Ramsdale owners. Um, he's a massive downgrade on Henderson. And Sheffield United looked really poor in the first half, especially. Uh, Jimenez just doing what Jimenez does, bro. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> only took three minutes, didn't it? Uh, before great goal by Jimenez, I think, just shows how uh, consistent he is as an option. I think it kind of just shows that he's still here this season as well, not one to ignore. Yeah, I think um, one what really caught the eye was Podence five point five. Yeah, um, if he continues to play and Jota doesn't, he's a great asset. Agreed. I think he looked very dangerous, very fast and playing very far forward. Um, he'll get a lot of assists this year if he plays in that position. I think in terms of 5.5 mil, great value. Yeah. And then I guess the other standout was Sice. Uh, he got three bonus points. He scored and obviously the clean sheet. Now he looks, he was a great option last season and he's, he's followed that again. He hit the post too. So he looks a great, great option. Yeah, I love Sice. I think um, he looks so good in that first game. I'm, I'm oh, stuck. you love him. You love him <laughs> no, just um, he could have easily got over twenty points. He was um, he was great and a great bullet header from him. Um, he was leaning backwards when he edited it. I don't know how he got the power on it. Um, and I think he plays very far forward uh, at times. Like the time he hit the post, he was pretty much up front. So, yeah. um. Yeah. Five, 
the move from site uh, from Egan to size looks like a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, I'm not sure on Sheffield United defensively this year. I think um, they don't look as good as last year, in my opinion. I know it's only one game week in, but that's my um, early season view. Yeah, and then the last game of this we we're going to cover is obviously Brighton Chelsea. What happened last night? Werner got an assist. He looked good. Um, I thought Chelsea looked a bit sluggish the whole game, really. Uh, Kepa's obviously still a problem, so until that's sorted out, James looks a great option, but until that's sorted out, clean sheet potentials doesn't look as good. Um, so, who really impressed you last night from Chelsea? So, um, I think the obvious standout one is James. I think uh, goal and an assist. Uh, great first game for him. And what a worldy his goal was, by the way. Um, yeah. Absolute rocket. Unbelievable. Uh, I think, as you say, with Kepa and the team, you're kind of relying on attacking returns for the time being, I feel. I don't think Chelsea are going to be great defensively. Um, going to leak goals, I think. So, uh, in terms of defence, I'm not sure. But in attack, very good. And then in terms of Werner, I think um, he only got the assist, but I thought he had a very good game. He looked very dangerous. Yeah, I agree. I think it, he's going to get goals. You can just oh, see it. Wait, he's definitely wait. getting he's definitely getting over fifteen goals this season. Easy. Yeah, agreed. Around the twenty goal mark. Uh Havertz, obviously he was another big sign when he came in. I think Frank got his positioning all wrong. He was well too deep. Um when he gets in that number ten role, we'll actually be able to judge him properly. But last night, for some reason, Frank just had an absolute brain fart and played Ruben off his cheek instead of him in the, the tenor, it just made no sense. So I think it's unfair for people to judge him and I would definitely keep him in, make sure that you just Give him another look before you you pull the plug. Yeah, I think um, it w- it was a weird one yesterday. I don't uh, or like on Monday. I don't think he was in the best positions. I think maybe you'll need a bit of time to settle in as well. I wouldn't be rushing to get him out, but uh, it'll be one to watch. I think another thing to watch maybe is if Kovacic comes back, Jorginho may no longer be on penalties. If Kovacic takes Jorginho's place, that'd be one to look at. Yeah, and. Um, it'll be a question of who replaces him as the penalty taker. Will it be Werner? Will it be Havertz? Definitely one um, that'll increase one of those players' value. Yeah, 100%. Um, no, good point, that. Okay, so as you guys know, we done started up our bro versus bro differential competition last week and it was an absolute titanic battle between us. Um, it was really dramatic. Uh, kept people on the, the edge of their seats. So... We had Eddie and Ketier in my corner and Bowen in Greg's corner. And Greg, he's won again. <laughs> but it wasn't quite what we were expecting, was it? <laughs> I mean, uh, all I'm saying is my player got double your player's points. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. My uh, Eddie and Ketier got a massive one point to be outgunned by Jared Bowen with two points. So, uh the bro versus bro differential competition started on absolute fire, but like you say, Greg did get the win, which is very annoying. <laughs> um, I'd just like to say I'm buzzing with my win. I'm very happy with uh, Jared Bowen for carrying it for me. But you can't, you can't start praising Jared Bowen for doing nothing. Yeah, I was about to say I, I'm not going to be picking him as my differential next week. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, but I'm never picking you again, lad. <laughs> Right. Well, this week I'm definitely winning it. So my differential pick is Marcus Rashford. Now, Marcus Rashford, believe it or not, he's 9.5. 
he scored 17 goals last season in the Premier League and he is only 5% owned at the moment which makes him a great differential really he's one, only one of the players who's actually played a game for us in pre-season I know he had a little bit of a knock but I think he's a great option and I think a 5% um, is a great differential and expect United to put a couple past Palace so I don't think you'll be beating that this week yeah, I think Rashford's a great option. Um, it'll be interesting to see how we turn up against Palace because Palace looks solid defensively against Southampton. Um, it'll be off. It'll be well. It'll be United's first game. Uh, interesting to see how Rashford turns up. I didn't think he had the best post lockdown form, but uh, I think I mean he's gonna he's got opportunity of getting goals, hasn't he? Yeah, for sure. I I really expect him to have a good season this year. I think he's gonna kick on after his injury and expect him to score and expect him to do well against Palace and blow whoever you're going to say out the water. So who, who have you got? All right. So I've gone for Luke Ayling of Leeds. Nice. So, I'm absolutely buzzing with that. Go on. So Luke Ayling, uh, as I said, plays for Leeds. Leeds have got Fulham for this game week. Yep. Um, he's 4.2% owned, I think. Firstly, I know Leeds can see the four against Liverpool, but it is Liverpool. I think Leeds will be more solid defensively coming out in this game week. Fulham didn't show that much um, defense, uh, attacking-wise last game week. So um, I could definitely see a Leeds clean sheet for Ailing. And I thought he looked very good um, with potential attacking threats. So I could see him getting a goal or an assist. Probably an assist, if either. But um, I could see a decent little haul. I wouldn't captain him, but I think he'd get good you <laughs> Sorry, Abamyang, I'm captain of Luke Ayling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't triple captain him. You wouldn't put the triple captaincy on him, <laughs> just the just just the captaincy. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm very confident about this one. I'm going to get it back from I'm one nil down. I'm going to get it back one one by the end of this game week. So I've got Rashford, Grave got Ayling. Keep an eye on that one this week coming weekend, guys. Um. And then we're going to look at captaincy. So, obviously, we've got a couple of different players this week, Greg. I've got my um, my wild card going. I've got it on Bruno Fernandes at the moment. Uh, Bruno's 20% owned. Uh, you've got eight goals, eight assists last season, averaging eight points a game. Got loads of double point, uh, double point hauls. He's a great asset penalty taker. At home against Palace, get the season started. He's a no-brainer, is he? I think he's a good option. As you say, I think penalty taker. He's instrumental in the United's attack. I think definitely got um, potential for returns against Palace. Again, I thought Palace were solid defensively in the last game week, but I'd be surprised if United didn't get a few goals. That's my worry. I think Palace don't look the team that we played post-lockdown. I think they look a a lot stronger. So I'm a little bit worried about it. But I think Bruno's the penalty taking, the assist potential, and the shooting at the box potential. I really expect him to uh, to do well, and I think I can really capitalise on the low ownership. I know um, he's only been in training for a few days uh, back at United, so it'll be interesting to see what his match fitness is like. I know he played both Nation League games um, for Portugal, so you'd expect him to be fully fit. But he's only been back for a few days, so it'll be interesting to see how it all goes. Yeah. Okay, and then another United asset, uh, Martial. Uh, is there any chance of captain in Martial? 
he looked really good since Bruno's come in. Post-lockdown, he's been great. He looked good at, with France in the Nations League. Um, what do you think about Martial as a potential captain? I think he's a good potential captain. I think he um, looks very dangerous for United at the moment. Uh, I think he's on great form in the last few months. Um, I think he'll, he'll do really well against Palace. I think definitely a potential captaincy option. Uh, for me personally... I don't know why, but I'm really like drawn towards midfielders this season when it comes to captaincy. I'm really not um, not really wanting to captain a striker. Uh, with the likes of Salah and Bamiang in my midfield, I don't really fancy captaining him. But I do think for anyone who does captain him, I would expect an attacking return from him. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, and then West Ham, obviously they looked incredibly poor. Bamiyang looks a great, great captaincy option. I know you've got him in your side. Is he your go-to? Yeah, he's going to be my captain uh, come this weekend. I think I've already decided that. Um, I just think West Ham looked really poor against Newcastle. They made Newcastle look like prime Barca. Um, <laughs> so I just I think Bamiyang's uh, going to do well. I think Arsenal are going to beat them easily. So I just can't see past the Bamiyang this game week. What about Willian? you got three assists. Is he a captaincy option if you don't have a Bamiyang? He's an option. He's definitely an option. I think he's definitely got potential for attack and returns, but I'd be surprised if you don't have a better option in your team than Willian. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Uh, and then we have Everton at West Brom. Now, Everton, they looked great against Spurs. Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison... Um, Hamez, West Brom obviously look incredibly poor. Are they good captaincy options? Yeah, I definitely think um, Everton look really sharp this season. Uh, first game week out, so I think they'll do well against West Brom. Um, it's the early kickoff. That's one thing I would say. I'm not oh, really yeah. a fan. Of, not really a fan of doing the early kickoff. Uh, but if you are going for that, then you can't really turn away from Everton. They look really good. No, that's that's true, and I think I think if I was going to captain one, I'd probably captain Calvert Lewin or James. Um, I'm not going to, but they'd be the two go tos for me um, to look at. West Brom are poor, so if you want to take a little bit of an early gamble, then those players aren't uh, aren't too bad. But like Greg said, the early kickoff, I hate doing the early kickoff. Um, and then we've got Jamie Vardy at home to Burnley now. Vardy obviously looked really poor, but he did score the two penalties. Is Vardy an option? Obviously, you're spending ten point five on him. You want to, you want to be sorry. You're spending ten on him. You want to be playing him and captain, captaining him. Yeah, I think. I mean, we all know Burnley are a pretty solid side defensively. They have been for a few years now. Sean Dyke does wonders there. So, um, I don't think they're throw against an extremely poor side or anything. So, uh, I think Vardy's definitely an option. I mean, there's definitely potential of getting a few goals, but. If you're going off last game week, outside of the penalties, he didn't really look like scoring. So it almost kind of feels to me like, will there be another penalty sort of thing? So I don't know. I wouldn't, he wouldn't be my first choice as captain personally. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Uh, he just didn't look, he just didn't look like he was going to score unless it was a penalty at the weekend. So I'd stay clear of Vardy. Um, and Burnley, obviously, are strong strong defensively. And then, obviously, City come back. 
So City away at Wolves. Wolves looked good the other night, but it is City. So the likes of Sterling, Aguero, KDB. If you brought one of those lads in with ownership low, obviously they're big differential captains you can go for. Um, KDB, a good captain, Greg? He's always a good captain, isn't he? Yeah, he's always a good captain. I think, um, I mean, it doesn't really matter where he plays, but I know that generally he performs better at home, FPL points-wise. So... Uh, with them being away at Wolves, maybe that decreases his value as a captain a little bit. Um, depends really how you go with it. If you pick form over fixture or player over fixture, if you're picking your captain based on fixture, then I probably would avoid City options because I think Wolves at home, really hard game. So um, if you're basing that on that, then I'd say avoid. But you're talking about probably the best player in the league in KDB. So definitely a captaincy option always. I think with with the other options like Sterling, Aguero, etc. Um, also potential. The thing with Sterling and Aguero at the moment is they're both under five percent owned, which is crazy. So if they do haul, there's that there's a massive potential to have a really really strong move up the up the leagues, especially if you've had a bit of a poor start. So it's definitely something to consider. Yeah, definitely um, differential options there. But uh, I would definitely take into account that playing Wolves away. I think that's a hard game. Could you imagine ever calling Aguero a differential? <laughs> How the times have changed. Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy. Obviously, the blank has massively affected that, but it is mental. So Sterling ended the season on fire. He's only under 5% owned. So definitely, if, you're worth, if you want to take the gamble, guys, great option. Um, and then, so looking into next week, Make sure that you contact us over the, the weekend, guys, letting us know how your team's getting on. We'll be sharing about our differentials. I'll be sharing my wildcard team. And obviously, next week, we'll be shouting out the game week two top performers and worst performers. And just make sure that you get you follow the stream and we'll keep getting more and more people involved. And uh, yeah, so... Can't wait for the next game to get started now. Can't wait to see United get going. Yeah, honestly, can't wait. I can't wait to uh, go 2 0 up in the differential captaincy. I uh, can't wait to get another week ahead of you in the fantasy. I so. can't wait to do the IT crowd clown laugh to you next week. <laughs> Mate. I'm literally preparing it. I'm laughing in the mirror at myself to get it ready. Mate, don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. Uh, it's, it's 2 0. It's going to be 2 0. <laughs> All right, and Rashford's definitely bagging Aileen, no doubt. <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you for listening, guys, and we'll talk, and we'll be back again next week. Yeah, thank you, guys.